Welcome to the Bot Canon, where I take the first 100 words of classic pieces of human literature and feed it into an AI to see if they would finish it differently. Today we are reading The Boxcar Children by Gertrude Chandler Warner. About seven o'clock one hot summer evening, a strange family moved into the little village of Middlesex. Nobody knew where they came from or who they were, but the neighbors soon made up their minds what they thought of the strangers, for the father was very drunk. He could hardly walk up the rickety front steps of the old tumble-down house, and his 13-year-old son had to help him. Toward eight o'clock, a pretty capable-looking girl of 12 came out of the house and bought a loaf of bread at the baker's. And that was all the villagers learned about them, excepting that early next morning the father and son left together and were seen going into the woods, carrying something long and wrapped in a blanket. The neighbors did not much like the look of the pair, nor of the pale, tallowy-complexioned boy who looked like a neglected pet. His name was Henry, and he did not seem able to help looking unhappy. The father had mean eyes and a coarse face, and his thick hair was grizzled. He was small and wiry, with restless, nervous hands and a habit of standing with his legs apart. On that morning, when he and Henry took the long blanket-wrapped item into the woods, the villagers shrugged their shoulders and wondered why they were taking the thing at all. Some declared it was a gunny sack, some thought it might be a wounded deer, but nobody offered to go to the woods and look, because they were afraid of the strange father, and the boy Henry was too small to be of much use. When the pair returned to the house that night, the oldest daughter, Jessie, asked Henry's father where he had been. "'Down to Starkfield,' said he, "'buying a horse.' "'A horse!' exclaimed his wife and daughter in astonishment. "'Why, he has never rode in his life!' "'Then it's about time he started,' said the father gruffly. "'He may as well learn while he's young if he's to be a man.' "'But the man said he wouldn't have any horses to sell,' said Jessie. "'Well, he'd have had some to sell if he'd had any, I guess,' said her father. Not content with this answer, Jessie asked Henry about the horse later, privately, and the boy answered that the man had told him where there was a nice little mare that would do, and Henry meant to try to buy one the next day. "'Tell me, Henry,' "'Does he know you're only a boy?' asked his mother that night when he had gone to bed. "'Father told him,' Henry said. "'And anyway, I'm fourteen. I'm old enough for a horse.' "'You're not,' replied his mother, shaking her head. "'Not if you can't be trusted to take care of her. And that's a big if. "'I take care of Jessie and Violet and Benny while you two are off doing whatever you're going to do.' "'Well now,' said the farmer, "'that is different. Those other two are big enough to take care of themselves.' "'But a girl is only a girl,' said Mrs. Wilcox, "'while her brother is a man.' Henry nodded at the farmer and Mrs. Wilcox, who agreed with him, but his mother wasn't yet convinced. So next morning, while she was occupied with the housework, he saddled the horse and rode away. When she did not see him at dinner time, she and the farmer became alarmed and went out looking for him. They searched the woods and fields, and at last they found him. He was in an old train boxcar, fast asleep. The farmer lifted him into the car and took him to the house, and when he awoke, supper was waiting. That evening, they all sat about the table and talked. "'I hope the horse will be a good one,' said Mrs. Wilcox. "'It looks strong enough.' "'It was strong enough when I rode it to the boxcar today,' Henry said. "'A horse isn't much good if it falls asleep,' said his mother. "'I fell asleep too before I found it,' Henry said. "'But you were tired,' said his father. "'I'm not tired any more,' said Henry. "'That's because you slept all evening in a boxcar,' his father said impatiently, "'when you should have been taking care of the children.' "'I told them to go to sleep,' Henry said, but they wouldn't. "'They kept running up and down the road and around the field and yelling their heads off.' "'You should have whipped them,' said his father. "'I don't want to,' Henry said. "'I'm not like you.' "'You're not,' said his father. "'You're worse. You'd be mean. "'You're not man enough to whip a boy. "'You're only big enough to bully girls.' "'You whip Benny and Violet,' said Henry, "'and they whip me.' "'Benny and Violet both began to protest. "'We do not.' "'You whip us,' yelled Benny. "'Violet gets whippings every day.' "'Well, you ought to be whipped then,' said the farmer. "'And so should Jessie,' said Benny. 
Nobody is whipping anybody, said Henry decisively, standing. Come on, kids, let's go to bed. They all sat still for a moment, looking at him. Please, said Violet, we won't tease Benny any more. You won't tease Benny, agreed Henry. Can I go to bed now? They all reluctantly went off to bed, sorry for the argument they'd had, and not even really sure what it had been about. One thing was for certain, though. They all knew that it was that Henry was growing up. Growing up meant he felt he had to take some responsibility for his siblings, who were getting a miserable upbringing at home. He began to wonder if they could run away and live in a boxcar like Jesse James. The next day, the farmer got tired of waiting for Henry to appear and went to work without him. "'Henry,' said his sister Jessie, who was lying on the bed and crocheting, "'I wish you'd stop running away and stay home and help Mother,' Henry protested. "'But if I do that, how can I ever run away for good?' "'Yes, you can,' said Jessie. "'You can run away when you're big enough and strong enough. "'But until then, be a good boy and stay home. "'Help me and Benny and Violet.' "'Or,' Henry suggested, "'I could take you with me. "'Wouldn't you like to run away?' "'Jessie shook her head. "'No,' she said. "'I've got to stay here with Mother and Father and Violet and Benny.' I've got to take care of them. We can take Mother with us, Henry said. Here, pack up. Let's go tonight. So they all packed. Heavy, warm things for the cold, light, cool things for the heat, and waterproof things for the river. They put Violet and Benny to bed early that night, and soon, when Mrs. Wilcox had gone to bed, Henry and Jessie stole out of the house. Benny, Violet, and Mother were right behind them. Where shall we go, Jessie whispered. Anywhere, Henry answered, as long as it's away. Let's go then, Jessie said, and take the horses. As they rode off... Henry looked back at the house. His mother was standing in the door, waving goodbye. "'We forgot mother!' he cried out. "'We have to go back for her!' "'Of course we do,' Jessie said. "'We can't leave her here!' They turned the wagon about and galloped back to the house as fast as the horses could go. When they got to the house, they loaded mother onto the wagon and set off again. Henry kept checking to make sure she was still there every few minutes. "'What's the matter?' asked Jessie. "'You've done that a dozen times already.' "'I just wanted to make sure mother's still there,' Henry said." Jessie sighed. I guess your growing up is rubbing off on you, she said, and chuckled. They rode on in silence all day. When it started to get dark, they came to a river. It was wide and deep, and coming toward them at a good pace. Well, said Jessie, we have two choices. We can turn back, or we can go over. We'll go across, said Henry. He began to prepare the horses to swim across. But why are we going to cross anyway? Jessie asked him, as she watched the horses struggle into position. We don't need to go very far. I'm going to California, Henry said, and you can't come. I don't want to go to California. Good, because you can't come, Henry repeated. Besides, if you do, I'll drown you. What do you mean you'll drown me? I mean that if I get there, I'll make you walk all the way back. But why can't we do something together, like Jesse James and Babyface Nelson? Because you wouldn't have any fun in California, Henry said. Better just let me go and you and mother and the children can stay here and build a new life. What would we live on, cried Jesse. Here. Stand up, Henry said, as he climbed onto the wagon and Jesse stood up beside him. Henry grabbed his shoulders. Look straight ahead, and when I say go, close your eyes and go limp. Jesse nodded, and when Henry said go, she closed her eyes, went limp, and fell into the river. Henry jumped in after her and helped her to the riverbank. Then Jesse opened her eyes and looked around. Where's mother? she cried. We'll take her across next, Henry said. You just go get a stick and start bonking the horses. Jesse found a marvelous stick for that, and soon the five of them were all across the river. Here's where I leave you, Henry said. By the way, he called. Before I go, tell me something. What? Jesse asked. Why did you just stand there and let me drop you like that? Jesse shrugged. I knew if I fell into the river, you'd come and get me, she said. You wouldn't let me drown. I told you I'd take you with me to California, Henry said. I knew you had to stay behind. I just had to make sure you stayed behind. Well, now, aren't you just sweet, Jesse said, and kissed him. All right. 
Henry left, and Jessie watched him go, still not sure whether or not she was supposed to go with him to California. But she decided, however, that she should stay here, with Mother and Benny and Violet, and build up a new house. Jessie and Henry thought about how they would build a new life and what that life would be. Jessie decided that she would sell the ranch and they would all live in town. They could all go to the same school and Henry could get a job and she could take care of the house. Of course, none of that could happen with Henry in California. They'd have to make a new plan. When they got back to their ranch, they found a man waiting for them. You all look like you need some rest, he said. Why don't you all come in the house and I'll fix you some supper? That would be very nice. Jessie, mother, and the children had supper with the ranch man, and afterward he told them his story. My name is Jack, he said, and I'm looking for work. You can stay with us until you find work, Jessie told him. I couldn't trouble you, Jack said. Jessie got a brilliant idea. Look, our brother has left for California. Why don't you stay and take his place, she suggested. Your brother? Our brother, Jessie repeated. He's gone for California. I can't do that, said Jack. Why not, Jessie asked him. I need some money to get started. We could give you money, Mother said. I couldn't take your money. Why not, Jessie asked again. Well, it's... I don't know, it's just not right. What do you mean, Jessie asked. I can't take your money when I'm working for wages, Jack said. Who says you have to, Jessie said. You're not. You know what I mean, said Jack, a little desperately. No, I don't know what you mean, Jessie answered. You keep talking round and round in circles. Jack sighed despondently and left the room, leaving the family in despair. Jessie looked at Mother. I know what's wrong with him, she said. He doesn't want to replace Henry. He wants to replace us, and he won't take money from us to do it. Yes, Mother said, he certainly doesn't act like the rest of us. Well, we'll just have to keep him from replacing us, Jessie said. But she was too late. The next morning, Jack came home from town wearing the clothes that Henry had gone to California in. Where did you get those clothes, Mother cried. They were in the wagon, Jack said. The wagon was empty. It sure wasn't empty. Mother was confused and worried and called for Jessie. But before she could get a word out, Jack said, besides, they fit me. Mother looked him over. They do fit you, she said. Yes. What are you going to do now? Jessie asked. I'm going to replace Henry, Jack said. And next, I'm going to replace you. Wait a minute, said Jessie. You can't fool me, Jack said. I know what you're thinking, and you can't stop me. You can't replace all of us, Jessie said. Why not? Jack asked. I've already replaced Benny and Violet. Look! He handed Jessie two flower sacks. Jessie went running into the house looking for Benny and Violet, but Jack had indeed replaced them. Let's not start this now, she said, or I'll lose my temper. Don't worry, Jack said. I've got your temper under control. Good, said Jessie. Oh, how I wish Henry was here. He is, Jack said. I am Henry now. He's in California, Jessie said. He's never coming back. You can't replace everybody. But those were the last words she spoke. For in the next instant, Jack had replaced her. Jessie, Mother said, Jessie, where are you? No, Jack said. It's me who's Jessie now. I'm Jessie and don't you forget it. Years later, when Henry returned from California, he went to visit the ranch, but all he found was an empty house, and a wagon wheel broken too, and a chicken coop, and a windmill, and a broken plow, and a broken spade, and an old rocking chair, and a broken plow, and a vegetable garden, and an old washstand, and an old iron bedstead, and an old rain barrel, and an old hitching post, and an old tackle box, and an old watering can trough, and an old chum, and an old harness, and an old milk can.' <laughs> 